Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church, located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by... Pastor Chet Haney here from the Highland Terrace Baptist Church in Greenville, Texas, uh, with Danny and Suzanne Davis in studio. So glad to have you guys here. It's just fun to visit. We uh, <laughs> we should hang out more. We should. Yeah, we're Agreed. going to. We're, we're going to make that's, that. That's that's a plan. We're going to make that happen for sure. And uh, so thankful uh, to have y'all here. Uh, for our listeners, Danny and Suzanne served as worship leaders for many years at the great Lake Point Church <laughs> in Rockwall, Texas. Really one of America's great churches, in my opinion. I've always been a big fan of Lake Point. I love Stroop to death. He's just a uh, just a great godly guy. I think so much of him. I actually know Stroop's brothers, Mike and Gary. Yep. Uh, Gary and I were in youth ministry uh, in Dallas during the same time period and uh, hung out at times together and did each other's disciple nows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, Mike Stroop at that time was a missionary to Sri Lanka. Yep, yeah. he was. And uh, I'm not sure I've lost track of Mike. I think he's around here now. Is I'm that not. Right? Yeah, I'm not really sure where. Mike is kind of a recognized theologian too. I remember mm-hmm. hearing people talk about him at the seminary. And of course, Steve Stroop has uh, really been a uh, uh, legacy pastor uh, yep. in. Uh, in our generation, yep, he's one of the guys God's really used in a great way. Yep. So, how did you get started at Lake Point, Danny? Uh, well, uh, right after Suzanne and I got married, we mm-hmm. <clears throat> we were trying to figure out where to go to church. We were yeah. we were, I was involved in I was just doing studio work and mm-hmm. production stuff, and she was teaching voice mostly, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, so, but she was kind of. You know, a known singer at First Baptist Garland, and I was kind of a known singer at First Baptist Dallas. So we kind of wanted to go okay. to someplace else. Okay. And uh-huh. as a couple, so we we just visited around. We ended up um, just visiting out at Lake Point, and yeah. um, it had just been renamed. I think it was Dalrock Road Baptist yeah, Church. Yeah, it was Dalrock forever yeah. until they got tired of answering phone calls for Church on the Rock. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they decided to change it to Lake Point. Yeah. yeah, so they changed it to Lake Point yeah. right before we got there. And yeah. we just went to go to church there, and we, yeah. we met the the you know music guy who was Mike there. Woolley. Mike Woolley. Yeah, no Mike real well. Yep, one of my old, best old friends. And yeah. So anyway, we, <clears throat> you know, we were both freelancing in music world, and so mm-hmm. that's pretty iffy. Um, to put it mildly, <laughs> yeah. so whenever we, as we were joining that church, we were like, "Man, wouldn't it be cool if we could just end up on staff here, like as you know, something or I don't know." We mm-hmm. just we were just kids; we didn't know anything. Yeah. And so, um, the week that we joined, they came and said, "Would you please join our staff as artists in residence?" And what that wow. means is, you lead whenever. Mike Woolley is out, yeah. and we pay your health insurance. Wow! And that was like 
That was an unbelievable thing to us. I was going to say, what a blessing. Yeah, it really was. Must have been a huge encouragement. Oh, it was. And it was exactly like we were just kind of praying for that, you know, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we were going to go to church there anyway, and we we had just joined. And so, so it really was incredible. And so we were... We just sang whenever they asked us to, and then yeah. we would, and then they paid our health insurance, and that's how it started. And uh, you know, we did have I had a few people come up to me. I had this one lady once came up and said, "Now I know you're artist in residence for Lake Point, but I was wondering if you could do some uh, other outside stuff too." And I was like, "Sure," because we were freelancers. She said, "Well, my company needs somebody to do the layout for their product catalog," and so I was like, "Well, I, I didn't." That was hard to get out of because she thought it, that I was like an artist, you know. Like, uh, artist and Yeah. And so I just did not know how to get out. I said, special. you know, I'm not the right guy for that. But let me, I referred her to somebody, I think. That's great. But so, yeah, that's what we did. And um, uh-huh. it kind of, uh, it grew into a couple of days a week for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I was writing brass parts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh and we added a Saturday night service back in yeah. 1992. So this and, was on Dalrock Road. <clears throat> yes. At first, when you when you yep. became members. Yeah. yeah, and then on and then when we added the Saturday night service, Willie goes, mm-hmm. "Hey, I I need help." Yeah. And so I went full time, mm-hmm. and I think that you know my salary was thirty thousand. My whole package was thirty thousand, mm-hmm. and we thought we were rich. You yeah. know. I was like, I so, can go to Walmart and buy apple juice. And used you. Whatever yeah. you want. We had our, we had little kids and mm-hmm. so um so that was when the full time yeah. started and mm-hmm. Lake Point was running about I think about six or eight hundred people at the time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on a weekend. And yeah. um then we uh we were there for about nine years in that mm-hmm. well, I guess it's about from seven seven years from that point. And mm-hmm. um we had an offer to go to Nashville. Oh and, my goodness! And I was getting into we were kind of getting into the songwriting thing, and mm-hmm. so we had an offer to go out there and lead at a church, and mm-hmm. so we did. We moved mm-hmm. to Nashville, and in the process, uh, at the same time, pretty much Mike Woolley left and moved to Mexico, uh-huh. and so Lake Point was without a, a worship pastor for a year. You guys were both gone. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. So then, mm-hmm. really, this is like. I tend to under-spiritualize things because I don't like to over-spiritualize because mm-hmm. I don't think people should blame God for stuff, you know. I get you. But there have been a few times in my life when I know that God told me something. Yes. And and it wasn't audible, but I just knew there was no denying it. One yeah. of them was when I was a- asking Suzanne to marry me. I mm-hmm. That was like, it, it just felt like, crazy to do that at the time i remember i remember just thinking what am i doing but i also knew that i could not not do it because it was very very plain as day that this is what i was supposed to do Mm -hmm. so the same thing happened when we were living in nashville Mm -hmm. i had about three weeks that i could not eat or sleep Hmm. or anything i my i was just completely torn up inside and i at first i didn't know why and then finally i just started going i think i I think this. I think I'm supposed to go back to Lake Point, and mm. that was the last thing on our list, really, mm. because we were loving, you know, the whole Nashville scene. Suzanne yeah. was getting uh, recording sessions, and and we were like writing songs and yeah. you know doing all that. And and uh, but so one night it was like in the middle of the night, 
and I said, uh, hey, Suze, are you awake? And she said, yes. <laughs> and I said, she said, I, I hadn't been able to sleep for three weeks. And I said, well. She said that. She said that to me. That's the exact same thing was happening to me. But we didn't talk about it. I just felt like the Lord was saying, you guys have to go back to Lake Point. So God was speaking in Well, it was about a two-year process to to get to Nashville. And that had always been a dream of Danny's. Mm -hmm. And I did not want to be the one Mm -hmm. to turn that around. So I just Mm -hmm. waited and waited and waited but uh yeah i was lying there all stirred up awake too he said that i was like she said yes and i said well i think we're supposed to go talk to lake point about going back and she said me too so so uh, we just felt this extreme sense of urgency though Mm -hmm. right then and danny was danny was said i think i'm gonna call stoop right now but Mm -hmm. it was late at night so he decided to call him early in the morning. Yeah. yeah so I was going to call him. Like, I it was all I could do to not call him in the middle of the night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, I called him at seven fifteen the next morning as a Saturday. Yeah. And I thought, well, he'll be up because he gets up early and stuff. Yeah. So I, you know, but I didn't want to, you know, for some reason I just needed to call him soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so called him seven fifteen. He goes, hello. <laughs> and and so. Uh, I said, oh, man, you were asleep. And he, it turns out he has been at youth camp the night before and got back oh, like yes. three or something. Yeah. And he said, that's okay, it's okay. And I said, well, and I told him what we were thinking. And so he said, okay, well, I need to cancel my lunch. And I said, what's that? And he said, well, I uh, have lunch today with Tim Shepard, and I was going to oh, offer him goodness. this job. Wow. And Tim so, had been filling <clears throat> in. Mm-hmm. You know, he, so, Tim is awesome. Yeah. And so he said, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to cancel that lunch. Wow. And uh, so that was obviously, that was I mean, if I would have wow. waited until that afternoon, he would have already given late. that job to Tim Shepard. Yeah. And so anyway, Tim Shepard, who is amazing. I know. Yeah. And like he's, I think he's leading still over at uh, Gateway. Gateway. Mm-hmm. But um, so we came back. And, Two weeks uh, later. Yep. Well, it was a whirlwind. Actually, we <clears throat> moved on August 8th to Nashville and moved back to Texas on August 8th. The next year. One year, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so then when we came back, Suzanne uh, came on staff with me as vocal producer. And and, um, so she wrangled all the singers for Mm -hmm. 20-something years. And and, uh, then when we we left uh, staff at Lake Point, they were running about 20,000 a weekend. Wow. So it was quite a... On all the campuses. Yeah, all the campuses put together, all venues and everything. You counted mm-hmm. last year how many different styles mm-hmm. we were. Mm-hmm. We went through. Yeah. It was a lot. That, it was 11. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. Uh, that is a crazy... I'm I'm happy that the next style change does not sit on our shoulders. <laughs> you know how that is, mm-hmm. how you just have to yeah. so carefully and slowly yeah. lead people through change and... Yeah. Well, and, and music is, is a style-based pursuit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is. And so, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with the content, with the, yeah. you know, but um, with the message of it. But, but the style style is always you shifting. Stay, you want to stay where you keep bringing people in, but you don't want to go off and leave the people that are there until, yeah. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's so tricky, it's a, isn't it? It's a tricky. Oh, man. Yeah. 
It's not done just and to play music either. You know, it, it, is, are, it is. People love what they love. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And they're connected. It's like when you, yeah. you know, became a Christian or when you, you know, fell in love with your spouse or whatever. There's mm-hmm. a, a certain, you know, music connects to those things. Right. Yeah. And so it's legitimate that they care. Right. You know? Sure. <laughs> so, but, you know, we, it's a, we, uh, we survived it. And yeah. we saw, we went through a lot of changes and a lot of, mm-hmm. Growth and, and we had a total blast. It saw was God fun. do a lot of things, didn't you? Yes. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, now Lake Point has uh, six physical campuses, and then uh, mm-hmm. one of their biggest like, growth engines right now is their mm-hmm. Espanol, Lake Point Espanol. Yeah. It's just exploding. I know and, you're uh, Lake Point <clears throat> Espanol pastors. Oh, do you? Yes, we did an event at the. Uh, Garland um, Arena. What's it called? The Colwell Center. Oh, okay. Called Fiesta of Hope. We had a mission (laughs) trip to Garland uh, a few years ago, and uh, we had um, Jackie Velasquez and um, Salvador were our Uh music headliners. We had another band that was there. Had about 40 pastors involved, and it was really key to have the Lake Point uh, Espanol pastors there. Yeah. And they just really did a great job oh, they're they of helping so us to good. organize. And Steve Stroop gave us a check for $5,000. Oh, did he? For our crusade, yeah. Oh, that's uh, there awesome. were several churches that gave uh, huge <clears throat> gifts, including mine. And mm-hmm. uh, um you remember Casamu, where we uh-huh. used to go? It's now called Nueva Vida. Uh-huh. And uh, the pastor there, uh, uh, Brother Galvan, is an incredible guy. He was very involved in our crusade. They gave significantly. Both state conventions gave. Oh, really? That's amazing. That's a pretty good little achievement right there. It is. <laughs> Uh, I'm talking major <coughs> gifts. Unity. Major gifts. Unified people. And uh, it was uh, it was an incredible experience. And then another way we have been blessed here at Highland Terrace is uh, the tornado happened on um, June the 19th of 2019. And about the next week, um, Carter yep. came over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Carter shot well. Yeah, with a couple guys that I don't remember their names and mm-hmm. uh, gave us a check, I think, for $10,000 wow. at that time from Lake Point to help That's us great. Uh, kind of pull pieces back together, Yep, which was a big help because we had a lot of things we had to organize real fast yeah. uh, to be able to keep having church um, in our new location. Yeah. Well, and it was so sweet of Lake Point to do that. So we've had a great... Appreciation for Lake Point um, as a uh, sort of a benchmark example, mm-hmm. mentor church. Uh, we're big fans and uh, been over to conferences there and yep. learned a lot and got a lot of friends on staff there. John Wardell and I, good friends. Anyway, um, when we come back uh, for our next session, uh, if we could. I'd like to hear how God is transitioning you guys into this new ministry. Because I know that had to be a big faith venture <laughs> to uh, get it's, your mind and hearts around this. And still I want is. our people to hear about it and mm-hmm. uh, excited to hear you tell us about it. So we'll come back next time. 
and do that. To it. That'd be all right. Sure. Thanks. All right. We're glad to be with Danny and Suzanne Davis today on the His Mighty Hand radio broadcast and podcast of Highland Terrace Baptist Church in Greenville, Texas. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chet. Jesus was a man. Jesus was a man whom the prophets foretold would be the man who would come and stomp the head of the serpent and would raise Bethlehem from insignificance. Jesus was the man who would become a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Jesus was a man who illuminated the darkness of the blackness of night in the heavens. When the whole world was dark with sin and the consequences of sin and the wages of sin, finally a light began to shine on the horizon of history when messianic hope began to encroach the fullness of time and You could almost feel it in the air. And the Bible says all creation began to groan for his appearing. Jesus was a man. Jesus was a man who was born like no other king was ever born. He was born as a lowly, humble baby in a manger. While the shepherds sang and the angels rejoiced. And Joseph said, I'm not the father. And Mary said... This baby is of the Lord. I've never been with a man. And the angel said, this holy offspring shall be called the son of God. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and of his kingdom. There will be no end and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. Jesus was a man. Jesus was a man who amazed as a little boy, the elders of the temple. And while he was with them in the temple, they listened to him and they questioned him and they queried him and they couldn't believe him because of the depth of his wisdom and his understanding and his comprehension and his knowledge of the doctrine and the statutes and the precepts of the Holy Scripture. Jesus was a man. Jesus was a man who spent all night praying for his disciples one by one praying for them by name. And then he called them one by one. And so influential and so powerful was his call that instantly those disciples, one man after another, left everything to follow Jesus. And his compassion was like an ointment that was applied to the searing affliction of humanity as Jesus touched people who brought every kind of disease to him. Jesus was a man. Speaking to the waves, they listened. And the howling seas, they lessened. And the the wind and the sea and the and the roughness of the whole experience, Jesus said, Peace be still. And those waves loosened the grip of their fearful terror upon the disciples who were already trembling 
But when Jesus said, peace, be still, they just kept on trembling because they turned their attention to this man. And they said, what kind of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obeys him. Jesus was a man who took that awful cup into the garden of Gethsemane that was overflowing with the terrible brew, that bitter brew of the wages of sin. And he was so loath to drink this cup that the Bible says like rapid fire acne on his forehead, vessels of blood and sweat began to burst as he cried out to God, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus was a man. Jesus was a man who took upon him the form of human flesh. Jesus was a man who lowered himself to become a servant. Jesus was a man who humbled himself to death, even the death of the cross. And there on that cross hanging between heaven and earth, between judgment and mercy, between two thieves, between sin and salvation. At last it was finished, and it was the centurion himself who cried out, Surely this man is the Son of God. Jesus was a man. Taken down from that cross by a nighttime seeker. Placed in a tomb by a wealthy rich man. Sealed in that tomb by a stone of authority. Guarded in that tomb military style by a squad of soldiers. Jesus was a man. But after three days, the face of our Lord Jesus once again began to shine like the brightness of the sun and it seared his image into his burial shroud and it began to chase away the death darkness around him and the lion of Judah roared back to life and walked out of that grave in full control. That so-called grave, Jesus was a man. And he appeared first to Mary and then to the incredulous disciples And then he appeared to many, many others, hundreds of others, the Bible tells us, encouraging them, enlightening them, instructing them, and leaving them and us who would follow after them with our marching orders, our instructions for the future. Until that moment came when Jesus began his ascent back into heaven and transitioning and transcending from his earthly temporal body back into his eternal glory. Jesus went up, up, up to a seat that was reserved for him in heaven. And he sat down there at the right hand of the majesty of God on high. Jesus was a man. And there he sits today. He's still sitting there interceding for the saints, awaiting the Instructions at the moment that his heavenly father says the time has come because the fullness of time is approaching again. When our modern day blackness of our current darkness of godlessness in the world that we live in today is once again going to be brightened by the dawn of an awakening. And we live in that blessed hope 
And one of these days we're going to realize for sure that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Jesus is a man and he's coming back again. What a man. You as a man make yourself God. Well, they kind of had it backwards, didn't they? It was Jesus as a God who made himself man. But what an interesting verse Jesus quotes to them. In response to their accusations, Jesus quotes the scripture. It's Psalm 82, 6 and 7, if you want to look it up sometime. And it says, is it not written in your law? I said, you are God's. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be broken, how do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God? If you do not, if I do not do the works of my Father, don't believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the work that you may know and believe that the Father is in me. And that I am in him. And what are we to make of this? This passage in Psalm 82, where the Bible speaks of gods, many gods. Are there many gods? Well, apparently there are. Because the Bible says so. Now, there's only one true God. We know that. But here's the problem. There are many gods that people worship. Back in the day, people worshipped Babylonian gods, and they worshipped Canaanite gods, and they worshipped all kinds of little g gods. And in Jesus' day, fast forward from the time of the Psalms to the time of Christ, there were Roman gods and Greek gods. Fast forward to our day, we've got all kinds of gods, do we not? We've got idols. That we worship, and it's funny how they've all been taken away during COVID-19. Our our Hollywood gods and our sports gods, our idols, our monetary gods. And you might say, well, I, I don't worship little gods. God says, wait a minute, yes, you do. He knows. Well, I don't mean anything by it. God says, yeah, you do. Um, well, you say, well, you know, it's not what I intended to do. And God says, you do exactly what you intend to do. And therein lies the problem. You've got little G gods and you've got me. And what you're going to have to do is make a decision and a determination which gods you're going to serve. Are you going to serve the gods of this world who are no gods at all? Or are you going to love and serve me? And Jesus said, if you can't believe my words, look to my works. Because the truth is, the works of Jesus were undeniable. You could not logically deny that Jesus was God. That's what Nicodemus said when he came at night. We know that you are a teacher come from God because no man can do the works that you do unless God is doing them through you. And that's what Jesus said. He said, look, I am doing the works that the Father is doing through me. His power, His life, His love is coursing through my veins. Now let me remind you of something. 
Jesus also said, as the Father hath sent me, so I am sending you. That is to say, the very works that Jesus has done is the work that Jesus calls us to do through his power and his love and his will and his purpose coursing through our veins. We're called to do the works of God. And we will if we have the right God. But unfortunately, in verse 39, the Bible says they sought again to seize him. But again, he escaped out of their hands. And I love verse 40 where the Bible says Jesus went to a sentimental place. A place that had so many precious memories. Do you remember this place beyond the Jordan where Jesus got baptized? And where Jesus felt the Holy Spirit fall upon him. It's a wonderful memory. Wonderful place. It's the place where John was baptizing at first. And the Bible says Jesus stayed there. You know, it's good sometimes to go back to the place where God has just done something wonderful in your life. That's part of the value of keeping a prayer journal and a, and a precious family Bible and maybe your favorite Bible that You've put some notes in and some thoughts. and Go back and remember the great things that God has done and stay there. That's what Jesus did. And of course, verse 41 tells us, while he was there, many came to him. Many came to him and they said, John performed no sign, but all the things that John spoke about this man were true. Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate His work in our lives through 